Welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. Today's topics are Bee Gees Bits, My Expectations for Norway, and the News. I don't know who you are, but welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. Sit back, relax, and listen about cameras, gear, settings, stories, and all things photography. Join Dermot and Darren on Ireland's Best Photography Podcast. Let's go. And you're very welcome to the Irish Photography Podcast. And today we have a superstar filling in for no apparent reason whatsoever, just because he wants to, Bernard Garrity. How are you, pal? Uh, I don't know. You told me he was a superstar, so that's the only reason I'm on. <laughs> Who have you got lined up? I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. How are you keeping, man? Not a bother. Uh, sitting in my closet here in Iceland. <laughs> Oh, it's a bit of an exclusive during this, I'd say. Oh, jeez. Have you something to tell us? Uh, Well, I'm not coming out just yet until the podcast is finished. (laughs) Okay, you're going to stay in the closet for the remainder of the next 45 minutes. Yeah, I'm true. There's about three doors separating me and my clients. And I'm just trying to get that little extra, extra bit of insulation. So I just decided to get into the closet. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> and uh, for our listeners, I'm sure you can hear that uh, usual uh, voice from Cork, Darren Jedi Spoonley. How are you keeping, pal? Marvellous. Delighted to be back on with BG. It's been a while since we headed on. Looking forward to catching up on all the shenanigans that he's had uh, over the last four weeks. Is it four weeks? I think actually it is four weeks or more maybe. I'm not quite sure. But yeah, I'm very good, man. Very good. All set nearly for Halloween, except for one thing. Next but- year... Make sure that you get your pumpkins early because Cork didn't have enough pumpkins, man. I don't know how many shops I tried today with the two kids really? in the back of the car trying to find pump. Oh yeah, trying to find pumpkins. And moreover, when I was doing the shopping last weekend, my wife said to me, "Make sure now you pick up pumpkins." And I went, "Not at all. I'll wait till a couple of days beforehand because if we get them now, <laughs> the kids are going to want to carve them and they're going to be flat by the time it comes to Halloween." Well, guess what? Yeah. There ain't no pumpkins left in Cork, man. So I ended up having to go back to the original Irish Samhain and I picked up two turnips and happy oh days that will do them. Off they go. Don't leave well, it. Don't leave it to Christmas Eve to get a turkey. Well, no, I learned that one years does ago, that, but I wouldn't have thought like now they want here. pumpkins. Like, I love turkey, man. Do you? Turkey is very dry? good for you. It's very dry. Turkey's very good for you. It, it has tryptophan in it, man. It's really good for you. Eat more is, turkey. Say that word, tryptophan. Tryptophan. Okay, come on. What is tryptophan? Go Google it. That's all I'll say. You see, you don't know either. Yes, you don't know what it is either. Of course I do. It's actually a very, very good ingredient for your body. It helps your body to recover. It's part from a protein point of view. And it really does give you a good bit of food to be able to eat, which is healthy as opposed to saturated stuff, which you eat all the time. So don't go off and buying ham, which is full of salt. Go buy turkey. And don't buy chicken, which is pumped up with water to make them look bigger. Go buy turkey. So turkey is very good meat. And yeah, it might be dry. Of course it's dry after four days. In the old days, sitting inside in the fridge and you roll in, you go, what's for dinner? Turkey. What's for dinner next day? Turkey. What's after that? Sandwiches. What's in them? Turkey. Of course you'd be pissed off at turkey after that period of time. And of course it'd be dry. But you know what? Turkey is lovely. Don't diss turkey. Back to the story. There's no pumpkins left in Cork. We have to use turnips. And welcome to the Irish Turnip, <laughs> Pumpkin and Turkey podcast. <laughs> no, no, yeah, we've got a special guest there. No, and, and a half today. 
Yeah, and we got our special guest here. So Bernard's all the way coming to us from Iceland today. Is that right? Yeah, that's it, lads. Uh, just over on the west coast at the moment. Uh, Aurora is hopping over at the moment, but unfortunately, we are under a big bank of uh, high, low, or high, mid, Irish and low cloud. cloud. So, yeah, it could be worse. Um, we got here. We got here on what day? Jeez, I don't even know what day it is now. Um, I think we got here on Monday. We did. But our plan was to go west, so we had two night. The first two nights accommodation was booked west. So, um, just kind of looking at the weather on Monday morning, meeting everybody in the airport, and it looked potential for basically the only part of Iceland that have clear skies is the south, the kind of south southeast. So, kind of when I met the, the the group at the airport, I just put it to them: listen, this is the crack. We can either go west from the off as planned and be in tonight when it's raining, or you know, we can get accommodation somewhere. It'll cost anything from kind of 70 to 100 euros per person and just drive south. So we drove four hours kind of going south uh, towards the east, uh, along the south coast towards the east and found a place like 100 quid a night. So we stayed in a hotel, kind of settled in for a couple of hours and then out when we drove right into the middle of the highlands and uh, not another person around and had to kind of wait it out for a couple of hours. But... Sky is completely cleared and Aurora went bouncing off the wall for maybe 45 minutes. So, oh wow, it was definitely, definitely worth the, the, the not, not the risk as such, but it was definitely worth the change of plan. Um, yeah, it was working out that we were driving, I suppose, six, six and a half hours the opposite way that we were actually supposed to go. Um, right. but we did now, it. Tell me this, the, the, the Aurora, like, well. Does that often happen for forty five minutes, or does it kind of just come out for ten minutes at a time, or does it all does like is that a common thing to be out for forty five minutes? Well, like so, basically, it was out like all night, and we had kind of a three hour window where it cleared. Um, you know, and and, and the the few nights before, um, it was completely clear in Iceland for a few nights, and the aurora was really really strong. The activity was very, very high and they had clear skies in a lot of the places. So in that kind of case, it's like bringing a horse to water and just literally yeah. him drinking it and that's it. It's it's there, you know. But the, yeah, the activity okay. kind of dropped a little bit when we got here and obviously it became a little bit more unsettled. So kind of that's where kind of a tough decision has to be made in terms of, right, do we follow the, the little window of clear sky that we have? Or do we stick to the plan? So we followed that kind of two, three hour window of clear skies that we were going to have along with kind of okay Aurora activity. So over the space of about yeah. 45 minutes, maybe an hour, we got kind of three good pulses of Aurora where for five, 10 minutes at a time, Class. it was amazing to the eyes and the camera. And we it, it's the first time I've actually got a Land Cruiser uh, over here for a tour. So that allowed us to actually drive into the Highlands. And again, not one other person around. Um, found amazing compositions, you know, and paid off. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Land Cruiser, does it have the big, massive snow tyres on it to help you get into these um, harder areas? And first, sorry, before we go any further, is there snow there at the moment? There, There is a bit of snow in the Highlands. We just have a normal Land Cruiser with big winter tyres. Um, they're not quite okay. the big, puffy ones, but um, there's a bit of snow and ice in the Highlands, but you could, you could only do with a Jeep, really. Um, and... Yeah, it was it was it was unbelievable. Like then, luckily the accommodation that we're in tonight, they were able to say right instead of coming on the first night, coming the second, the third night, we won't charge extra. So we're up here now for two nights, but it was like an eight-hour drive 
nine hour drive yesterday in total by the time we stopped at a couple of places and then the thing about it is tomorrow we actually go back to basically where we were already because we were supposed to spend two hours west two hours south or two two out two nights west and three nights south so actually you know we went south we're back west for two nights and then we actually go back south again tomorrow and it looks like it's going to be clear skies tomorrow night with with decent enough activity so um, we we have our, our hopes are high for tomorrow. Sounds like a, a lot of fun, but there's a lot of traveling in that trip. Is this something that happens in a lot of your, well, not a lot of trips, does this happen often that you have to kind of follow the weather and follow a path that you can utilize and get the most out of every situation? Or would you go to a place and kind of everything be on your doorstep? Well, the thing is with Iceland, right, you could... So far, I've put about I've put 110 euros diesel into the into the Land Cruiser. Um, to give you, I suppose you'll find out in a couple of weeks coming to Lofoten, which we're going to talk about later on. Um, we in Lofoten, we could maybe do half a tank, three quarters of a tank in the whole week. In Iceland, you probably do three tanks. But be, like again, right? There is a plan, right? There is a plan to stay in certain places, but we do have to be flexible. I I give the group uh, listen. This is the crack. If we're due to stay west and it looks good south, you know, it, would you be happy if I booked a place? It'll cost you extra, a little bit extra money, but it puts us in a better position to get the Aurora or whatever. Generally, nine times out of ten, they go for it. And thankfully, everyone's went for it, like, since I started doing tours and every single time it's paid off. But you have to be flexible in that kind of way. Like, we, after getting the Aurora the other night, knowing that we were going to have cloud up here in the west for two nights, but pretty much all over Iceland, I said, listen, what's the story? If, if if it looks good five, six, seven hours away, would you be prepared to do the same again? Which she said they would. Now, it hasn't worked out like that. Um, but tomorrow night, we are due to head back down south anyway and the fact that it, it looks good, you know. Well, the one thing I would say after going on the workshop in Snowdonia with Bernard, and I think it's one thing that does make you stand out from most other people out there from a workshop point of view, is you will have your itinerary, absolutely, but you will not stick to that itinerary if there's better light somewhere else or if there's better conditions somewhere else. Whereas I've seen others on workshops, they've got their itinerary and they'll go to their itinerary regardless of what the weather conditions are going to be like and you'll see it's been cloudy, but yet if you travelled too hours down the road you get clear skies and epic conditions and I've seen that when I was on the trip that time in Snowdonia and I know it from talking to you as well and even there now as you say you know you arrive you say to the to your guests your clients you have an option right now or you can go and take photos nine times out of ten it's going to be I'm here to take photos let's go take the photos yeah so, you know I think that way even if people went and they only got a glimpse of Aurora my God, you got a better glimpse for Aurora than actually sitting inside in a hotel room exactly. and looking at your laptop, which you could have done when you were back at home as well. So one thing I would say, uh, Dermot, about Bernard's tours, and you're going to find out, which we'll talk about shortly when you're going on your next trip, but Bernard is great at constantly looking and looking and finding the light and taking the gamble, of course, it's always a gamble with light, but you're better off to do a calculated calculated gamble and go to where you predict the light to be rather than stay in a place where you know there's not going to be light yeah. or conditions or whatever. I think, yeah, you have to yeah. be flexible, but you also have to be persistent. Like, you, Darren, you've seen it. There was kind of one day for sunset where we actually went to a plan C, yes. which eventually paid off, you know. You've seen it then with South Stack Lighthouse, 
you know, clear skies everywhere. Next thing, bang, we go to shoot the Milky Way at Southstack, and guess what? There's sea fog. You know, next day we go to shoot sunset, clear everywhere. Southstack has sea fog. The last day, I was like, listen, lads, it's clear skies. We're going home soon. Let's go to Southstack again. Let's try it. The best place on the itinerary. Let's try it. And we get there, and we get this most amazing cloud inversion, you know, and watch the cloud, the, the, the fog come in and out, and then completely clear, and we got everything. But that's persistence, you know. Um, and Dave Whelan, actually, Whelan Cameras always says to me about persistence beats resistance, you know, um, and that was a case like, so, yeah, you have flexible itineraries, but I think persistence in a certain place pays off as well. I li- Absolutely. I like that. Persistence beats resistance. Mm. I like that. I've never heard that before. Yeah. Kudos yeah. to you, Dave Whelan. Tell me, Bernard, where have you been? What have you been doing over the last number of weeks? Fill us in. Give us the, the lowdown. What have you seen? Where have you gone? What has happened? What's the funny things? What's the incredible things? What's the epic things? Not in that right. order, but you know. Yeah, well, <laughs> since we've been on last, it's been Faroe Islands, Dolomites, Faroe Islands, Iceland. Um, we've been to Faroe Islands where I went and went to a few new places that I'd not been. Got absolutely insane light, thinking we'd never kind of get that light again in such a position. Got to the next Pharaohs tour a couple of weeks later. Go back to that same spot. The most unbelievable cloud inversion you're ever likely to witness unfolding in front of our eyes. Just completely incredible. Um, we had Hannah and Adrian on that trip as well. Like, and, and you know, like they, they couldn't believe it. It's just absolutely insane. Dolomites, again, we had one tough day. We had a few epic days, but again, the last day, we the very last day, the day we were flying home, we decided to do a hike and again, like just got the most amazing light conditions, another cloud version. So they were all like pretty epic moments and epic places. Um, and then come to Iceland then, which I'm in now, and it's, it's just, you know, what I just told you about, but not even that, it's going to different, like going to places that not a lot of people go to. Um, in around the highlands and and what different waterfalls, getting different perspective from 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 popular waterfalls to get away from the the, the few people that are around and stuff like that. Um, but that's that's pretty much it. Don't want to kind of blab on too much about it. But it's been a good few weeks and obviously taking Dodd away then um, to to Lofoten next week, uh, which is going to be exciting. Um, so it's been busy. Um, and looking forward to a break. Looking forward to Christmas now at this stage. Um, but it's uh, mm. it's been busy a few weeks, very very enjoyable, and there's been a lot of hiking, um, in and around kind of two hundred k hiked between the first Pharaohs trips, uh, the first Pharaoh trip, and right now, um, so it's it's been busy, tiring, but worth it, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I noticed you're wearing your spray away top this evening. Uh, how is that performing over in Iceland? Well, where I'm sitting right now, it's it's good in Iceland. Where I'm sitting right now is on a bloody uh, the the floor has underfloor heating, so I'm absolutely toasted out of it. But nice. they're really good, actually, really really good. Um, just stops that little bit chill getting up the getting up the arms, I suppose. But it's actually quite mild, and it's mild enough here. Uh, the last few days it's been kind of six, seven, eight degrees. Although the bit higher you go, the more snow, and the more inland you go, the more snow and ice. But yes, in general, it's it's not too bad, like. Actually, two two questions there for you, Bernard. You know, you've recently started to inspire a lot of people who have been getting into streams to take photographs. Mark Fletcher is one I know that, in rather than just standing at the side of a stream now, he's getting into the stream to find that composition. And, yeah. you know, it does make a big difference in regards to the shot. But 
I saw you put up some video there. You were just down from the glacier and the colour of the cold, ice-cold water coming down was a kind of a, I don't know, it's a marine blue. It's a yeah. bright blue colour. It's hard, it's hard to even... There's like, you wouldn't be getting into that water, man. The flow from that was incredible. But moreover, is that volcanic, that water as well? Is that water safe? Um, oh, yeah. No, no, that water's fine. Um, Baltic cold, absolutely Baltic cold. Uh, actually, I had someone, uh, one of my clients, explain to me today what makes it that kind of blue. Um, I'd have to read up on it again, but it's 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 unbelievable. It's unreal. Um, the, I was kind of excited because you're talking like a maybe 45-minute to an hour walk to those falls. Um, so, you know, we had a long day yesterday with a lot of driving. We had the roar the night before. After being at this waterfall shooting sunset, we still had a three and a half hour drive to get to our accommodation where we are now. So all mm-hmm. those things coupled in, you're just like, you know, it's you know it's hard to motivate and and you know you, you need to motivate and encourage that a little bit more. So you're kind of like, nah, it's only a half an hour walk because if you tell them an hour, they might not want to do it. Um, so mm-hmm. we do it, we get there, and they're just blown away. Like it's just so blue, like you could not imagine how blue it is. You know. Um, it's stunning. It's stunning. And I've seen a few photographs in the past of a composition. I think it's on a bridge looking down and you get the multiple cascades in the background. Yeah. Then you get yeah. this blue coming in and it's like as if it goes into a bowl and comes back <coughs> on itself before coming back out again under the yeah. bridge. Yeah. And it's it's incredible to look at. Um, and I presume, as you said, I saw ice and stuff around that area as well. So it was cold, but not overly cold, you said, yeah? Yeah, it, it, again, it's kind of weird. There's so much ice, so much ice around all the rivers. There's some frozen rivers. There's there's a lot of, um, you know, bloody, what do you call the ones that hang down, stalactites or stalagmites? Which ones are which? Oh, I can never tell the difference. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll stalags. tell you. T- tights go down, mites go up. There you go, tights. So there's stalactites. And then you're like looking at the temperature and it's like six, seven degrees. You know, so, but it was very cold last week. It was very cold last week. Um, but now it's 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 quite mild, um, and there's lovely water flowing. Even at Kirkifell this morning, you know, we got there. There was no one else there. Few crowds started to come. Next thing, again, um, if you see in my Instagram, it's getting all about getting in close, getting in really close to subjects, and that's what I was trying to encourage people to do today. Um, getting in so close that you're having to focus that different things that they've never done before, but things that make a huge difference. Using focal points that make massive difference, you know. Cool, cool, cool. All right, so on that note, Bernard will kill Barry BG's bitch. We won't kill you off, but um, we're just going to take a quick break. But you'll stay with us, which you, for the rest of the, yeah. the podcast for the crack. And uh, we might get some uh, knowledge and wisdom from that. Uh, what, what county is he from? Kildare. Kildare. Same difference. <laughs> All right, so guys, we'll have a quick break and we'll be right back. Do you want to take your photography up a level? Do you want to hit that shutter from a hundred feet away? Or perhaps you'd like to take your images remotely. With a built-in motion, light and sound sensor, you can capture unique shots and incredible time lapses. The Capture Pro from Hano has got all that covered and more. Visit Hano.ie. And you're very welcome back to the Irish Photography Podcast after that lovely break. So we're going to jump right back into the tick of it, guys. And like we said, Bernard's going to stay on us for the rest of the episode to talk about my expectations from Norway. So, 
Bernard, you and I and a team of expeditionist expeditionists are Exhibitionists, going is it? Are you going over there and you're going to go on the nip in Norway, is it? <laughs> embarking on a trip to Norway in the Lifoten Islands. So, are you excited, Bernard? It's really hard not to be. Like, it is, and it's it's a perfect, it's a perfect come down from an Iceland trip because you go from extreme driving to very any driving. Um, but it's going to be amazing and fingers crossed for some good weather if we can get one or two nights aurora amazing if we can yeah. get three four five nights of aurora even better well before before you get into it there let me just say one thing okay let me just voice my absolute 1000% oh disappointment God, disappointment because i had wanted to go on this trip you can play the violin all you want because I'm it's actually a small very one. true yeah, I've got I have them all. I have a collection of them here, okay, because I've actually been playing them myself, feeling sorry for myself as the time Aww. was getting closer. So I am completely disappointed, like I said, that I'm not going to be able to go on this trip. There's a number of things on the trip that I have been looking forward to photographing, but I don't even know if Dermot knows what he's going to photograph here because he's I going, I'm just going to go on beach. He's going to tell yeah, me, right, yeah. stand here now, look, and that's what you need to do. This is an ideal trip for you, Dermot O'Donovan, because you've got to do zero planning. Zero planning. Just uh, turn yes. up. Just turn up. You've got BG that's going to organise it at all. So before the even start of it, in case you kind of feel that I'm a small bit gripey during this, I am <laughs> because I'm so pissed <laughs> off that I can't go on the trip. I wanted to go. I booked it in, but I couldn't. So anyway, go on. I'm at your expectations now that you know mine. <laughs> okay, I'll give you a virtual hug there now, look. Ooh. Yeah, it's okay. Don't hit the violin on the way in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, so look, I, I'm really excited about this trip. I want to get the most I can possibly get from it. And I do have to understand that Norway does tend to change, the weather changes to uh, quite often and you never know what you're going to get. Last like a box of chocolates, do you know what I mean? Like all that crack. Yeah. Right? So I've been watching a lot of Maz Peter Eveson because he does these absolutely fantastic guides on YouTubes. On YouTubes? So <laughs> he'll talk about Iceland, Norway, uh, Faroe Islands, uh, Denmark, uh, forestry, a bit of everything. He'll talk you through all these guides. Scotland is included in there, Snowdonia. Uh, so if you want to watch a bit of Maz, please do jump onto YouTube. We'll share a link to his channel on the Facebook page. So he has a series of five episodes of Norway. So I've been watching them diligently and taking notes. So, what? like, yeah, did you not hear that right now? You, hang on, you, you've been taking notes? Yes, taking notes of what I want to photograph, where and why and how. Okay, all right, he, go he on. Was, he, he was, to, to his own, like, he, he was actually probably looking at the like, Isle of Sky videos instead now. Do you know, thinking it was Norway. <laughs> hey, Bernard, uh, why aren't we going to the old man of store on this trip? <laughs> <laughs> Have I not been there before? <laughs> you were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, look, and... Uh, Darren calls me the rainbow racist and the Aurora Borealis racist. And I'd be lying if I said I wasn't slight. I, I'm actually slightly excited to do it this time, but not for photographs. It's for something else. I have recently acquired a thing called a rhino slider. So yes. it's all Gavin Sheehan's fault. So Gavin yes. Sheehan, it's all it's all your fault, man. Right. Yes. So this thing is unbelievable. Is Gavin's middle name Anthony by any chance? Say what? Is Gavin's middle name Anthony by any chance? 
What's his name? Gavin Anthony Sheehan. Gas. Oh, oh my that's, god. That's the worst one I've ever well, heard. You good he got the rhino slider from the morning you were out with him, so come on, you'd be fair, I know, you know. But anyway, go on. He's gonna come back and buy a load of Sony gear from Norway. <laughs> I will am I nuts. Um anyway, so I think I'll cut that bad joke out there in the in the editing, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, gonna like, I'm gonna leave that in so everyone can realise how dumb it was. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm feeling very mean. Um so look, yeah, so I wanted to get moving time lapses of the Borealis. Do you know what I mean? So that's what I Just say the Northern Lights there, it's easier for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. The NL, the Northern Lights. I want to shoot them with the Rhino Slider. So I'm really excited to use that in certain situations. Now, I do realise that Aidan Ryan was there last week and in his photographs there's no snow, so I'm slightly disappointed from that side of things. Do you think it could snow in the next week, Bernard? It can do anything, but um, my we had snow in 2017 in November. Didn't have it last year. Um, it could happen, but man, trust me, if we see Aurora and it happens, you last thing you'd be worried about is snow, to be honest. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do like the idea of snow. Like It's something it appeals to me because we don't get it too often here, so that's something that I would like to uh, photograph. Now, um, one place where I really want to go is Hamnoy. And I know it's a quintessential shot and a lot of people do take it up on the bridge. You know, you have the huts in the foreground and the big mountain in the background. So that's one spot where I want to get a shot. I don't know, it's if, very important I don't do know if we'll be able to get that shot, even though we're staying there. <laughs> <laughs> Are you for real? We're staying in the red cabins. Yeah, how are we not going to get shot? Sure, that's the whole joke. Oh, I didn't know that you're joking. Oh my Cut that one out God. too. Yeah, there's oh. a lot of editing to be done now. <laughs> yeah, it's editing from dad's stupidity. Phew. You want to give, ca- give, give Karma a ring there and apologise. <laughs> oh yeah, my God, exactly. Man, I, start, I thought he was serious for a second. I was like, what? I can't get that shot. I was like, no. But yeah, I want to try and get my own twist in that shot. I know it's going to be deadly to get my own twist in it because it's been shot to death. Man, but I it, do feel that it is important for me I can, to get I can, I can tell I you what, like, Jesus, there's no better man to try and get a different twist on stuff, be with getting close to subjects and stuff. But thing is with Hanley, man, you're restricted to a bridge. The, the worst thing you can do on that bridge is, I've seen it so many times, like where people go really wide and try to get like this whole huge scene in and it just becomes very, very, uh, too vast. No, no. What's the, they can, uh, distorted and, and yeah, everything looks distorting. really small. I like to keep it a little bit tighter and get the simple shot. Um, okay. plus if you have the, if you're going to have the Aurora there and you happen to be shooting it, the, the last thing you're going to be thinking about is, that's lovely, but I'm going to get my own twist. Like you, you, you won't even have time to think. Yeah, yeah. But it is restrictive, you know. You either go portrait or you go landscape. Like I have a nice portrait one with aurora and the snow, and a landscape one with no snow and the aurora. And I just personally don't think. I think people can just overdo it sometimes. Just my opinion. Yeah. Okay. What about under the bridge? I know Maz kind of went under the bridge and shot a kind of a por- lovely portrait orientation shot. So he has these lovely rocks in the foreground and it's kind of these, these uh, a long exposure, maybe a half second of an exposure crashing against a rock. So it's got yeah. a surreal movement in if, it. And then if you have, nice yeah, it is, it is nice. You've kind of two, probably two problems there. One, 
um, you need the swell, right? Now I've got the swell, all that kind of stuff, but you can go and not get swell. Not get swell. Two is sometimes a lot of people would have done a bit of work on the cottages there and straightening them up because you start to get a lot of distortion when you're going down so low and looking up at the subjects. Um, yes. That's another problem, to be honest, you know, but to, to be okay. to be honest, like, I, I would not, like, I wouldn't look, I wouldn't look so much at, like, other people. So you just get there and you find your own thing. Like, the worst thing you can do is, where's the yeah. shot? Mad shot. Where's the shot? This person's shot. Where's the shot? Do you know, and, and be kind of almost looking for a map. Okay. You know, like... Just do what you do. Do what you do. Do what feels right. Um, if it works for you, you know, the videos are great to watch in terms of um, for research and, and ideas and stuff, but... You know, get your classic shot, but then you know what's it? You know, go into your own little zone then and get out of mm-hmm. you know whoever's kind of head. You know, like all these guys are yeah. fantastic photographers. Like you know, obviously. Yeah. Um, Just make sure that you go and you stand in all the spots that Mark O'Brien stood in. Okay. Yeah. So That's that would be that, goal. that would be where Mad stood. <laughs> Mark, I apologise for my friends. They are no, assholes. No, Mark got some good old shots there. To be fair, not a bother on him at all. Um, he had a great Absolutely. time, got great 100%. shots, and he's coming to the Dolomites next year. So um, we'll get him. Brilliant. We'll Brilliant. get him some amazing Mark O'Brien selfies as well. Yeah, yeah, excellent, excellent. I think I have a new client for you as well, uh, Bernard. Uh, Aiden, Aiden Ryan, nice guy. Send him on. Send him on. Send him so, yep, yep. <laughs> um, come here. Tell me about the weather over here. Does it change rapidly? Like, does it rain one minute? Does it just go Baltic? And does not, the sun shine? Is it warm? Not like cold? the not like the Faroe Islands um, or Iceland. From experience, it can. It really can. Um, I've seen. I've seen it all there. But generally, it is it does be a little bit calmer. Um, it doesn't seem to have that extreme change like the Faroe Islands, especially or the west of Ireland, even. But it, it, anything can happen. Like, for instance, okay. right, last year, because, you know, we don't want to be talking about too long. Last year, uh, this trip last year, in November last year, in around the same dates, we were at Uteclay where the dragon's eye is. 100% clear sky. Yeah. The aurora was just starting to kick off. We're an hour from the accommodation. And just as the aurora was kicking off, the, the clear skies, I was like, guys, we should go. And they're like, like literally cursing me. And they openly told me after the trip, that they thought I was crazy and they didn't know what was going on. They were bemused. Everything was going on. They were confused. All this kind of stuff. And they're like, you know, it's clear here. And I was like, listen, guys, you just need to trust me. We're going to go back to the accommodation. We're going to wait it out for an hour, an hour and a half, and just trust me. And obviously, there is an element of absolutely shit in the brick. You know, because you wanted yeah. to pay off. It's another gamble. But we went back to the accommodation. We sat there. As I was looking at the weather charts, I could see Uteclave clouding over. I could see Hamlet starting to clear. Boom. Started to clear. Quick shot out the window. Outside. Quick. And we got outside. To this day, although it was only a year ago, um, in the probably 20 times I've seen the Aurora, in you know on different occasions, it was the best Aurora I've seen in my life. It was oh, wow. almost bringing tears to everyone. And we got, that was the display we got from the bridge. We got it from down below. We got it out. like, yeah. And that's the beauty of it, you know. We were in a spot at the accommodation to get five, six compositions easy, you know. Brilliant. Um, and you have nice music. Music to my ears. 
Yeah, and it got so bright you were able to shoot at you know a thousand ISO at f eight. Yeah, yeah. At, at yeah. Middle of the night with I, no moon, like. Ah, thinking, thinking. Well, I have this in my head. Uh, sunset. Uh, now that on in that hemisphere, like, yeah. does the sun? Uh, so we, I was watching a video of Maz this stays uh, of who? but that was in March uh, Maz. I know <laughs> I'm only joking I'm uh, only joking alright <laughs> alright uh, <laughs> so in his video I think he released in March so the sun was there for about four hours yeah. you're saying you know yeah. golden light so around this time of year uh, how long will we have golden hour so you've obviously got the winter sun right which is or summer midnight sun which is like sun doesn't set all that kind of stuff, and it, you know, when it gets a certain level, it stays, and you get that endless color, right? So, say for instance, I'm just gonna I'm on the photographer's emphasis now, right? So, say we start yeah. shooting on the Friday, the eighth of November. Um, sunrise is eight forty-five, and sunset is two fifty-five. So you're more or less talking the whole lot. If you get light, you're pretty much talking all that time, bar an hour maybe of golden light. So like if the so if we have a time where we have amazing conditions, sun comes up quarter to nine. Say from nine, nine. Say it will you get it'll be golden until about kind of eleven, eleven thirty, and then again yeah. start to go down from maybe kind of one thirty to three. Brilliant. And then you have amazing blue Brilliant. hour as well because the sun takes so long to come up. You know it's 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 a lot closer to the horizon before it comes up, so you get amazing blue hour. And obviously, we get loads of darkness. Oh, cool. Hopefully, for northern lights. Excellent. But you're you're yeah. also you're also going to have full moon, so the full moon is on the twelfth, so that could be very interesting from yeah. the northern lights point of view as well. Yeah, exactly. Why would it be interesting, Darren? Well, like Let so. Explain it. So this. All right. Can you see that? Yeah. So that's with no moon. I don't know how good it is or bad it is quality wise, but like that's yeah. with no moon, right? But then, full moon, you can like. Ooh. So we were able to shoot at 100 ISO for full moon. Exactly. At F, I think F5.6 or 6.3. And it was weird. We had full moon and snow, right, which is pretty much daylight. And then we had lovely aurora in January. And there was actually a group beside us, right? This, you know, I'm definitely not one for bothering about others, but there was this, like, guy encouraging people. To, and he's like, yeah, so, like, ISO uh, 3200 F2.8. And I was like... <laughs> Man, it's like almost daytime. It was so bright, Brian Hopper was well able to use a polarizer. Oh my god. You know? That's insane. So it was it was weird how he was encouraging that, like really, because I'd always want more depth of field and stuff like that. But um yeah. but yeah, it was it can it can happen big time. It, it's a lot easier to shoot. Plus then if, if if it's a case that you know, there is no snow, we'll probably go up and be able to shoot um the Aurora possibly uh, oh, that's a big mountain thing, is it? Uh, I'll, again, I'll just give you a little, a little gander here. Um, where is it? Yeah. So, right, Anthony. I don't, I don't know. Can you see this through our Skype? But yeah, yeah, I remember it. You know, class. So it'd be amazing to get full moon aurora there. I think with the full moon, I think nice flickers is nice as opposed to being dominant over the whole sky. Yeah, yeah, you know, brilliant, brilliant. Now I'm going to be vlogging almost every day, so uh, it'd be great, Bernard, if you could come on maybe for an episode or two, maybe, yeah. and just kind of talk uh, my viewers through what we're doing 
and how to maybe shoot the Northern Lights and stuff like that if you're a winning man. Oh yeah, obviously. Excellent, excellent. Now, Sakasroy is another spot. Have you shot there? Is there? Is it exciting? Is it a crap? A... Sarkozy, no. Sarkozy, I call it. Sarkozy. <laughs> right. Isn't he some What's politician it? or something? <laughs> um, is it any good is that location because I know there's a, a horseshoe kind of bend thing that Maz kind of photographed there well actually um, the, the best, it doesn't look so great on pictures the best lad to look at is um, is what you call him um, Brian Hopper he has a lovely shot from there um, of the Aurora yeah gorgeous shot like and, and that is the finest example of a shot in that place if I'm being completely mm. honest so that's that he's definitely one to research like that his, his shot yeah. there is really beautiful. And drones, are they allowed, Bernard? Yeah, there's n- I've never had any issues. I, don't, I hate drones myself. I have one, but, um, yeah, they're, they're okay, like. Okay, um, okay. And that's a little hint for what's a segue in the next topic, guys, drones. Um, actually, so, I have just one more thing. I have a guy, uh, Cal, Cal Debris here. He's on Instagram. Uh, he's I have so I have this I have loads of drone footage like the most amazing drone footage from Faroe Islands over the past year that he's putting together a promo yeah. video for me now so I'm looking forward to seeing what he comes up with. That'd be class. Actually, thinking of uh, videos, did uh, Joe uh, put a video together from the 53 degrees north uh, out in that day? Not yet. I don't think. No, I know he's been fair busy. Like he's been fair busy, mm. but no, not at the moment. Not that I know of. Yeah. Because if I didn't ask now, I would have forgotten yeah. about it. I'm mad to see something because that was, what a night. That was absolutely amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, so, what you touched, uh, alluded to it a while ago, Uliklev, the dragon's eye. Yeah. It, it looks great, but it's not unbelievable in my eyes, but maybe it's 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 better when I get, I had the same opinion about Buttermere when we first went and Darren dragged me and I basically came along kicking and screaming, you know, going, I don't want to be here. Do you know, but I ended up loving it. I think I even enjoyed it more than Darren himself. So is, is Udeclave something that, <laughs> is Udeclave something well, that I have to experience myself to uh, appreciate for what it is? Yeah, well, you um, co- coming on to the Lake District there, Jesus, I've been there twice and it's probably upset a lot of people, but my God, I can't stand it. <laughs> like this crack of having to go and pay in these little forest parks like three four or five quid an hour is just such a joke nowhere to pull in nothing three four five quid an hour so from anywhere where, where mind you, you no to be fair places? to be fair he's right remember when we went to Derwent Water at, and did check this out and it really pissed me off we went to Derwent Water we arrived to Derwent Water at half six in the morning and we left at five yeah. past eight and we got a ticket on the car at eight minutes and eight hours at two minutes past eight, eight. and it was yeah. uh, 50 quid fine I ended up getting it for 25 quid and when we your man was still there he hadn't even written the ticket yet and he was still brazen to say well there's a parking meter over there sir you should have paid the money what the hell man, it's six o'clock in the morning we, come off the stage lads we we went down to Cornwall yeah. uh, we like down we went down to uh, like Durnlaw and all those places whatever you call it um, down there and we we went to a place, some jetty place, on Sunday morning, right? We were there at like seven o'clock, and we left it like just before nine. And we parked in the car park, no one else around, in the middle of nowhere, and got back and we had a ticket on the car on a Sunday yeah. morning. 
It's a joke. 60 quid fine. I was like, nah. That was the last straw for me with, with like, I find Snowdonia is great and Scotland's great, but I don't know what it is. I just can't be dealing with that personally. I just, but anyway, who yeah. claim It's amazing. Yes. It is amazing. Okay. That's yeah. a roundabout way to get to it, but yeah, I'm excited about it. But I don't think it's going to be that shot that I'm mad to get, but who knows? My mind could change. So we're gonna leave it at that. There are my expectations for Nora. Am I excited? I'm over the moon excited to get there. I do know it's a bit of a travel. Darren, you've one more thing you want to add there, sorry. Yes, I do, and I think there's one other expectation that we need to see, and Bernard, and I'm surprised you haven't mentioned it already, is the expectation of Dermot finally getting out of tracksuit pants. I mean, he's going to have to get out of tracksuit pants when he goes to the fall. Hold on a right? second. Whoa, 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 whoa. It, it, says it says everything. It says everything when he's not actually, I'm not expecting it. Like, wait, I'm not wait. expecting it. Oh, I on. got jeans on now. Oh, pull up your jocks! Oh, my Jesus! <laughs> okay, I think our listeners are happy that we're not actually on YouTube for this because you don't want to see what we've just experienced there. Oh my God! I just came from a job as photographing, so I had to wear jeans. Unfortunately, I would have went in a tracksuit pants if I could. There you go. Actually, rest my what, case. Hey guys, guys, let's. Uh, so, fifty-three degrees north. are going to provide you with nice Gore-Tex bottoms now, very soon too. Yay! Yeah. Just no, none for Darren because he's not coming to Norway. <laughs> and, and for Darren. Ah, and there you Darren. go. Thanks, Bernard. By there's always a reason I love yeah. you. Yeah. So <laughs> you the, should see what he go. says behind your back. <laughs> I say the same to his so, face. Bloody, Jesus, he is useless on a microphone. <laughs> he. <laughs> he not uh, hang on, hang on. Tru- uh, truth be known, uh, you don't uh, have a microphone, so you can't be good on this one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there, so you should have them. You should have them bottoms before you go, Dermot. Oh, fair play, fair so play. Fair play to 53 degrees north. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, well, stay with us, guys. We're going to have a quick break and we're going to come back with a bit of a, something small from our news that's really exciting the world in uh, this side of drawings. Canon, Nikon, Sony. All great batteries, but at a great cost. Extreme batteries from Hanel are affordable and have increased ultra high capacity extra durability in stream conditions, shock absorbing construction, and better yet, they even come in orange. Get yours now at Hale.ie. Welcome back to the Irish Photography Podcast, guys. We're going to jump back into it again. So consumer drones were first released in 2010, and over the years, the technology, size, and the price have improved considerably. The DJI Mavic 2 Pro, for example, folds up into the size of a brick, features a Hasselblad badge, 20 megapixel camera, and costs about 1,500 euros. But unless you're a photographer who specializes in aerial photography, the cost is still a bit steep to see if you like it approach. And although the number there are a number of inexpensive drones in the market, none have the features, marketing muscle, nor the brand cachet of DJI. So uh, DJI just released this Mavic Mini. So and it comes in and weighs in at 249 grams and it's going to be released at about $399. So you'll end up spending about $500 for the Fly More kit, which includes extra batteries, serial charger, and uh, the Mini is light enough to avoid registering the device with the FAA and here in Ireland the IAA, I think. To be clear, the commercial usage is still requires requires conformity to the FAA's small U, 
AS rule and cheap enough that photographers can seriously consider adding it to their toolbox alongside a strobe kit, gimbal or tilt motor. I believe DJI will sell a ton of these but photographers, I don't know how you will use it and determine its utility. It's still somewhat rare to shoot an entire photo project from the air but there's no doubt that drones shots are becoming more prevalent and in a myriad of niches from photojournalism to corporate marketing. Aerials simply tell the story from a different and sometimes better perspective. So the Mavic Mini can shoot 12 megapixel JPEGs only, no RAWs, and H.264 video, which kind of grinds my gears, video at 2.7K and 30 frames a second. So the lack of RAW support or 4K video will inevitably disqualify it from being used for more intensive applications. And like any small sensor camera, the Mavic Mini isn't appropriate for low light usage. That said, some of the sample video of a sunset that I saw at a press looked quite impressive and very, very usable. The Mavic Mini weighs less than a single Mavic 2 Pro battery and the unit is small enough and comfortable to sit in the palm of your hand. It can easily fit into a small compartment of your camera bag. The legal benefits of having a drone under 250 grams will have little bearing on the professional photographers who intend to use it for business and commercial purposes. But the size and weight certainly aligns well and shifts towards smaller and lighter mirrorless cameras. The unit does have the same crash avoidance sensors of its older siblings, but the but the 30 minute flight time is pretty mind-blowing especially for that small size of a battery if you haven't tried out a drone yet the mavic mini might be appropriate an entry-level device for you so bernard from a person who doesn't like drones who absolutely detests them would you like to have this mavic mini no <laughs> <laughs> well said no, I, I have no problem with drones. Um, personally, I just, do you know, like what I love, and I suppose I would have been guilty of using drones in silly ways over a few years or whatever, but of what I find is actually being out and about, and especially if you're in, like, it's, it's a lovely frosty, autumnly morning, wintry morning, where everything's so calm and and chilled out, and you're kind of really enjoying the kind of peace and quiet, next thing all you hear is, Jesus, that's not a bumblebee in the middle of December, is it? You know, and no, it's not. It's actually just a drone flying, and it's just disturbed everything. I understand what people use them for. There's people who do stupid things, people who do great things. I have a drone. I I, I use it very seldom. Only when I'm looking to do something promotional work. I don't really shoot photos from them. But again, like my drones been lying up. Maybe I've used it maybe five times in the year. And what type of drone have you got, Bernard? Mavic Pro. Mavic Pro, same as yeah. that. So okay. And have you got a gimbal overload warning yet? Um, yeah, as well. <laughs> okay. I just I, recently I also, got it in my Mavic Air as well. I also find that like even people that do vlogs aren't really using them anymore. Yeah, I, I, I don't use mine as much as I used to and I never used it for photographs. I just don't like the overall yeah. feel or the look in the photograph itself. I just don't think the drone is up to the capable of standards. So maybe the Mavic Pro 2 might be with that you know, bigger sensor, the 20 megapixel yeah, sensor. Yeah, 100%. Darren, what do you think of this news in this industry today? Well, number one, I think it's a game changer from a price point of view because it's going to be €399 Euros and 499 for the Flymore combo. So you're paying an extra 100 bucks, um for the additional items, which is the battery, the, the multiple batteries, multiple propellers and uh, multiple charging units. So from a price point of view, if you think about it, you said it there a second ago, you know, you've got the Mavic 
um, 2 Pro, which is for 1,400 euro, whatever it is. You can buy the Mavic Pro, the one I have and that Bernard has for 999 platinum version or whatever it is. So to come in at 399 in that form factor with the whole idea of the um, foldable arms is very, yeah. very good. Now, it will record video at 2.7K. I heard you cringe at that. I don't understand why you cringe at that, considering... I cringe at H.264, right. the codec. Okay, so the codec isn't very good, but it records a 2.7, and that's going to be good enough for your consumer, let's just say. You're not mm-hmm. going to... The consumer is not going to need raw, because it's not going to be pitched as a raw... Uh, as a raw needing, let's just say, or a semi-pro think- or pro, or whatever it may have been. But, moreover, I think in regards to the form factor and the size of it, it's 249 grams. It's lighter, as you said, than the original Mavic battery. It's the same size shape as a, um, uh, a phone. So you can put that into your pocket. You can take it wherever you want it to go, and bang, you get it out whenever you need to take it out. So that's the most important thing, I suppose, in regards to it and where it comes in on the marketplace. I think that's where it will benefit to be able to get more sales. And moreover, don't forget, it's coming right in time for the Christmas market. Somebody who always wanted to have a drone to get the drone. So at that price point, it's a big change and it knocks 10 colours out of the spark. Yes, Bernard, you can I jump agree. back. Two to things. Go on, BJ. Two things. Darren, you've had that blur background on your arm the last 10 minutes while you've been talking and we like, your face is completely blurred. All we can see is Number your fist. Two. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That, that, that's a benefit. Number yeah. Arr. Right, number two is what I think it will do is being so cheap and having all these like features which are, I suppose, irrelevant, like us. Um, I think it's going to encourage more, uh, what do you call it, antisocial behavior with it. No, yeah, right. really. I think it's going to, I think it's going to encourage with a drone. Yeah, it's going to attract everyone, and kids as young as probably 10 years of age are probably going to be getting this for Christmas now, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, but, but it's 249 grams and it comes for propeller guard, so it's not going to do much damage if it falls down. And if you really want to get matter. a drone, you can go into Smith's Toys and you can buy one for 49.99, which can do a lot of damage from anybody using it. So I know, yeah, but okay. kids, kids what, want brand names, though. Of course, kids you know? will want it, but kids can go off it. Look, at the end of the day, you know, 399 bucks day. is not going to be something that if somebody really wants to be able to get it they'll get it okay grand job they'll get yeah. it but I think this has yeah. been appealed to the mass market but I wouldn't think from the anti-social behaviour because moreover you said a second ago what's that it'd be in December if you know in regards to um, the, the, the spark there's very little sound off the spark because it's a smaller yeah. propeller it's a smaller motor and it doesn't have, have much spark yet? yes Yes. That's quite loud. It's not as quiet as you think. It's not. It's it's a lot quieter. It's a different pitch. Like give you an example. It's it's you're getting the sound of the engine, but you're also getting the sound of the air that's coming over the rotors. So if you go to your <laughs> Inspire, which would give you a ridiculous amount of um, uh, noise, yeah. you look at the Phantoms, which had a lot of noise, but not as much as the Inspire, and then you look at the Mavic, and then it gives a bit different change in regards to that. So I think maybe you've got a point there, but I don't think that's going to be encouraging anti-social behavior but one thing i did notice is that they said that the weight of it comes under the uh, fia or the ifa or whatever whatever the acronym was um for it so that could be a way around it but yeah maybe Mm. my own opinion on this matter is i'd be kind of in the agreement with you bernard i think this is uh, i don't think it's going to be good for the industry i know it's under the weight i think bad things are going to happen 
with this draw. I, yeah. I think it's going to be inconvenient for a lot of people. I feel sorry for the likes of Jimmy Long, right? This guy has pledged his the last five, six, seven years of his life to drones and setting up a drone business and doing it the right way, getting all the training that he needs, getting all the insurance, doing all these courses, doing everything properly and legally, uh, ringing into air traffic control whenever it's to do a flight mission, X, Y, Z, and he's doing all these rigorous amounts of things to do, right? And the fact that these guys then are going to be in a fort able to buy these drones and come in and ruin the market for these people. And before you know it, there'll be no drones allowed in Ireland. And I, I'm serious about that because if you go to some places in Iceland, there's no drones allowed. If you go to some places in, there's no I, drones allowed to cliffs and moor anymore. I think that's, that's science saying, listen, no drones allowed. But I don't think it's actually illegal. I think they're just deterrents. Could be wrong. I could be very wrong, but that's what I think. Yeah, like maybe it's if, something if, we should look into. Yeah. Get Jimmy Long on and get more information. Get it from the person that's dedicated Good a number of his years in regards to it. Exactly, One final yeah. point I'd say to you that what attracts me to this drone. As you know, Dermot, about two years ago I gave up worrying about when I fly it into close areas to get good footage. But it's a certain things that I couldn't get the Mavic into. So with the Mavic Mini, I'll be able to get that into smaller spaces. And guess what? It's 399 bucks. Okay, it's not cheap but it's not expensive so I'm not going to be less yeah. worried about it so I probably would get even closer to things that I wouldn't have gotten in the past yeah, yeah. alright so guys thank you very much for your input in tonight's episode I really really go on uh, Bernard go what, on. You, one you, more you have a finger sticking up there moon tour moon yeah, tour yeah yeah on Will Kettigum the little letters <laughs> um, <laughs> the, just kind of from doing the tours and workshops right, a lot of people have cannons right now, as yes. you know, I'm a Sony fella, so I can see a bit of giddy head going on there. I have a gripe. With who? Sony. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do tell. I, <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> There's just too much at dynamic range. <laughs> no, oh, no, no. for God's right? sake. No, no, I'm joking, right? Uh, I, have, I, have to, I have to run, right? But yeah. why? They don't have one-to-one aspect ratio. Why? I have one-to-one. Yeah, I know what Canon do, and everyone says, "Oh, we should just crop it after." I have sixteen to nine. Yeah, but but I listen, four right? To six. Like the the, I just don't get it. Everyone's like, "You can crop it after." Yeah, you can. I know that, but I prefer to be able to see it in camera, Visually, and it yeah, always looks so good. And mm. Sony, if you're listening, sort it out firmware. Surely that will do the job. I just go into a hardware store there and get some insulation tape and just. Stick I'm going to get. I'm going to get a stencil made. I'm getting a stencil made for the A7R Mark IV. There you go. BG Good stencil. Yeah, that's there's an exclusive. Right. There you go. Listen, BG uh, Sony stencil or Sony stencil. Yeah, enjoy the rest <laughs> of your Sony stencil. Enjoy the rest of your trip BG. Thanks for coming on for the episode, man, and uh, make sure you look after this guy and take the piss out of him every step of the way. Every step oh, yeah. of the sure way. Will I mean it. Don't let him get anywhere easy easy run of it. So yeah, listen, yeah. I've enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, I know Bernard, you'll have to run off there now because I think the Aurora's going to come out or else your battery's going to go one to two. So I think, it, I think the Aurora's just yeah. going to start kicking right. off now. For me, for me right. and Cork, thanks a million, and uh, until the next time, thanks for listening, and uh, shalom before. Thanks a million, Bernard. Talk See to you soon, buddy. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. If you dig what you're hearing, why don't you jump over to iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and don't forget to share with your friends. With all that done, we'll see you next week. And remember, keep shooting.